Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos, where we present tips, tools, and techniques to help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor at Lokahi Counseling. This channel and the Calming the Chaos podcast is for those who want self-help and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like the information, please subscribe to my channel and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. This episode of Calming the Chaos is about calming the chaos with pets who have passed on. And I'm making this video at the request of my friend. I have a problem. She gave me the wonderful idea to do this. She has just lost a pet recently, and I know how it feels, dear. I really do. And so what I'm going to do with this episode is tell you the meaning that pets have in our lives, and also some stories I have had with pet loss so that hopefully people out there who are dealing with sick animals or dying animals can get some help and some resources and just some validation of their feelings when an animal gets sick and is eventually having to go to the Rainbow Bridge, which is a resource that I will give you in this video. All right, so let's get started. The first cat that I lost as an adult was Max. And Max was a very, very special cat because I actually wasn't supposed to get a cat. I was in my first marriage and my now ex-husband, did not want to have a cat in our home. And as an act of independence and freedom, and because I absolutely love cats, I made the decision to get a cat. Well, actually, that's not true. My dear friends actually found a kitten for me. And what they did was they said, you've got to take this kitten. It'd be perfect for you. And they talked me into it. So they gave me some courage. So I do have to give them credit. But this cat symbolized freedom. And at that time, which was in the early 1990s, I really didn't know a whole lot about cats, but I knew I liked them a lot. So when Max was about a year old, I was letting him outside. I walked him on a leash, but he really liked to roam around outside. And he was really good at coming back and it was safe around our neighborhood. We had a pretty good neighborhood. And by that time, my ex-husband was already gone and it was just me and Max. And it was a great time of freedom and independence until one day he didn't come back home. And I got this gut feeling that he was never gonna come back again, ever. It was so gut-wrenching, the feeling that I just knew. I made some posters, I posted them around in the neighborhood, I went door to door, I asked people where he was, and lo and behold, he never came back. I was so heartbroken. And part of the reason I was heartbroken was because I blamed myself. If I were to do this over again, I would definitely not put the blame so much on myself 
because these things are their family members. These meetings of pets are family members. They are free spirits too. While Max, he really did represent my freedom from an awful marriage to being just the two of us. He represented so much about freedom. In the end, his life was separated from mine because of freedom. And I think that's the first thing I want to talk about is the underlying meaning of pets' lives and deaths. Now, we get pets because we love them. We want to take care of them. We want to help them feel better and they help us to feel better. They're family members. Sometimes it can be mirrors into our own hearts and souls. We can project upon them. They can also be emotional sponges and that they help to absorb some of our emotions that we have in our lives. When things get really difficult, we could hug them and they really do know when we need them to comfort us. Pets are so intuitive. They're wonderful companions and those are all positive reasons for getting pets. And so that's why it hurts so much when we lose this is because that affirmation, the validation, the family, the whole projection of the mirrors, the whole absorption of energy, being sponges, that all goes away. And it's really super tough because then where are we? We are alone with ourselves or possibly we still have some other pets that have different meanings to us, but that one pet had a certain meaning. And with Max and I, that was freedom. I like to tell myself that even if the worst happened to him, that he is staring down at me benevolently and giving me wisdom and courage and love and strength and freedom to live my life the way I do now. The second cat I lost is Peaches. And a funny story about Peaches, Peaches is actually kind of a girl's name. And I thought he was a girl when I first saw him appearing at my back doorstep. We had switched houses from when I lost Max and I got married to a new awesome guy who I've been married to now for nearly 22 years. Peaches was that stray cat. We knew he had a home somewhere and yet he continued to come to our home. And one day I saw that he had an abscess on his eye, it was really super big, and it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I set out to find the owners of this cat because, hey, I was feeding him. Yes, I was. But, you know, I wanted to find out whether or not these people who owned him would take care of him and get him the medical attention that he needed. Yeah, so I got in touch with the owners of the cat uh, and they called him Simba. And of course, I called him Peaches because I didn't know he was a boy. I couldn't even get close enough to explore around in that area, if you will. Well, and we agreed to a plan to where we would kind of co-host him. And he had an awesome life. In fact, Peaches and I danced together in my living room. 
he would jog down our long driveway just to see me and he would meow. He was just such an awesome pet. And now by this time I had gotten two other cats, Oscar and Felix, and they were my lifeline buddies. And they accepted Peaches and Peaches accepted them eventually. He was kind of my rehab cat, Peaches was. And so when he disappeared, I was devastated. I mean, I was doing desperate crap, like putting his litter box leavings and his toys and all that stuff out in my front yard so he would sniff them and come back because he was used to running free too. I had posters. I was going door to door in tears. I was a mess. Peaches left a huge hole in my life when he went away. And I miss him to this day. And I think how I coped with that, well, first off, I felt the emotions and I didn't let them, I didn't try to deny that I was feeling emotions at all. I let them come and I let them flood over me. I talked to everybody I could about him. I probably wore out my welcome in that and people probably were like, yeah, Tracy, that's a little bit over the top for a cat, but I didn't care. I felt like Peaches deserved that sort of like, I miss him. <laughs> what I took from it though, is that we form these connections with our animals that are so unique. And when we lose them, we hurt. And it's okay to feel the emotions. And that's what Peaches taught me. So the next pet loss I have, I combine into one. There are two cats that pretty much passed away on the same day. Yes, you heard that. And it's a tragic story. So if you have sensitive ears, you could possibly fast forward through this, but I would listen if I were you. I went through it and I'm sensitive and so can you. So Ziggy was almost the carbon copy of Peaches. And the one day when I saw him flouncing around my backyard, it brought flashbacks. And I thought, this is Peaches. Well, I knew it wasn't because they definitely had different, different markings. But I took Ziggy in to my own home. And he lived with my other two cats, Oscar and Felix, who are still with me, my constant companions. But whatever it was, I knew that there was something a little off with Ziggy he would sometimes just sit there under the coffee table in our living room and not move for days. He, it was like he was shell-shocked or something, and it was really hard to reach him. I guess I really wanted him to be Peaches. I wanted to recapture that uh, unconditional love that Peaches represented to me in my cat Ziggy, and it just wasn't working out. And in time, we found out he had feline AIDS. And that posed a problem because I was letting this cat live with my other two cats who weren't vaccinated for feline AIDS. So we very quickly, as soon as we found out that Peaches, I mean, I'm sorry, I keep saying that, it's Ziggy. Ziggy had feline AIDS. We vaccinated our other two cats against it and that was okay. It's just that 
Ziggy was a big bully, especially to Felix and the way that Felix was such a gentle soul and how he was hurt by Ziggy was not a great thing. Ziggy was a bully. And that leads me to Sam because Sam was the one cat that actually had a connection to Peaches. Sam was a Siamese and that's why we called him Sam, but he was marbled. So he's a seal point and he was full of piss and vinegar and he knew Peaches. They had had their fights. They had had their ins and outs and somehow my husband was able to connect with Sam and make him some meals and stuff like that. And I don't know, they just formed this bond and connection. And so, yes, we let Sam into our house as well. Now, Sam and Ziggy were permitted to go outside and inside while Oscar and Felix remained completely inside cats, which they were inside cats for the rest of their lives. But the reason why Ziggy and Sam are so significant is that I think sometimes we can pick up animals out of this loss to fill this hole that the void that Peaches left was so big. There were these two cats that I really tried to fill that void with. And instead of just holding the two cats that I had, I reached out for more. And I don't think I will ever do that again. Not that it didn't end up being a lesson somehow, but it did. One evening when I was just home from work, I was in the kitchen and Ziggy and Sam were both in the house and they were both in the dining room area. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Ziggy charged at Sam. I mean, there was a huge cat fight in our dining room. And we didn't know what to do. And what I did was I stuck my hand in between Ziggy and Sam and I got a huge bite from Ziggy. And Sam started to do this little popping up thing, collapsed on the floor. My husband grabbed him and cradled him in his arms and Sam died in his arms right there in our kitchen. In the meantime, I called the vet and asked them what we should do with Sam because I didn't know why he had just died suddenly. They told us to put him in a cool place and to come in for an autopsy the next day. And that's what we did. Actually, it's called a necropsy, I believe. In the meantime, I had to go to the emergency room to get my wound tended to and get a tetanus shot and figure out how I was going to be able to type because I had a job at that point in time where I was typing all the time with a huge like sort of bandage cast on my hand. And then we had to figure out what to do with Ziggy. So the people at the veterinary clinic told us that Sam died of a massive heart attack that was brought on because he had complete cancer all through his body. You would have never known it. Sam was a very vibrant cat and we would have never known he was as sick as he was, but that just pretty much put him over the edge. They wanted to know about the aggressive cat, which was Ziggy. And when we took him in and they said, well, the odds of rehoming him with feline AIDS and with his aggressive tendencies are not really great, we would recommend putting him down. And that's what we did. 
Something didn't sit right with me with that, though, and I struggled with it for years. In fact, the counselor who had helped me through my graduate school program where we had mandated counseling, I had to call her back and we were doing weekly sessions because I was struggling with the decision that we made to put Ziggy down. And through that process, I think I realized that I had a lot more strength than I realized that I had because I made a decision with not a lot of information. I was impatient. I wanted everything to be resolved. There could have been another, another way. I could have got a second opinion and I didn't. And I think I realized through that process that what I did was too soon, too much. And Ziggy probably could have found an okay home. We did not have to put him down. So that was probably the hardest lesson that I had to learn about pet loss right there with our Ziggy. And I've worked through this spiritually and connected with him, I believe, on a spiritual level. And there's complete forgiveness there. And Ziggy has gone on to greener pastures in the Rainbow Bridge. So for you who don't know about the Rainbow Bridge, this is a place where pets go when they die. And what happens is, is when their human owners also pass on, their pets and their furry companions run to greet them. And we are reunited in a beautiful unification ceremony. For me, it's going to be a pummeling by a bunch of loving cats. I just know it. I'm going to go ahead and link to the Rainbow Bridge and some resources below so that you can have them if you are a pet owner who has struggled with the loss of a pet. Just thinking about my lost pets being at the Rainbow Bridge, getting along, like Ziggy and Sam will be getting along, and Max will be there too, and so will Peaches, and one day, so will I. That's what I believe, and that's what gets me through. There are some actual concrete cognitive things that you can do as well. Being able to say and validate your struggles and your emotions, but then also say, is this struggle effective in how I'm living my life now? And maybe make adjustments and say, yes, I have to continue to get up. I have to brush my teeth. I have to wash my face. I have to feed my pets. I have to feed myself. I have to go to work. All these things that we need to do, we need to talk ourselves through. And that is the cognitive, the, the thinking piece that we need to manage when our pets pass away. Another thing that can help you cope with the loss of a pet is to be able to build a memorial for them. For peaches, we have a lion statue out on our new front yard. Yes, we had it at our old place. We've moved again, and it's there in the front yard. It's our lion statue. And then for Ziggy and Sam, we have their pictures, and we have them up in a prominent place. We have pictures of all of our cats. We have their ashes. We have all of their ashes, and they're all in our bedroom because they all like to be in our bedroom. Whatever it is that you do to honor your pets, sometimes they do paw prints, sometimes they will be able to have different ceremonies, which I'll describe in a minute, because my last three cats who have passed, 
were given ceremonies because I had learned, I had learned so much from Ziggy and Sam in that loss that I knew I was going to do it differently with my future cats. So after Ziggy and Sam uh, left us, we were left with Oscar and Felix. And about that time, they were 15 years old, both of them. They were the same age. And Felix stopped eating. He was vomiting a lot. And we got concerned. I took a lot of pictures with Felix. I thought, I want to get a lot of selfies in here. This is even when selfies weren't even a big thing. And these pictures weren't even taken from a cell phone. They were taken from a camera and with film I had to get developed. It was that long ago. And as you can see in the pictures, my eyes were so sad. He never got to move to our new house here where we live. And yet we loved him so, so much. When we took him into the vet and they did some exploratory surgery on him, they said that the cancer had reached almost every part of his poor little body. And so we elected not to wake him up. It was tax day, 1995. I think we've honored Felix quite a bit in our house since his passing. We made a blanket with him and Oscar on it and our two new cats that we got afterwards because Oscar was a lone cat. Now, a couple of words about Oscar before we move on from Felix. Oscar and Felix were named because of the odd couple in that uh, series in the movie. And Oscar and Felix were pretty much inseparable through their lives. And so we were left with Oscar, who really was the first cat that I got after Max disappeared. He was my buddy. Oh my goodness. That Oscar, he was my constant companion. He was fiercely loyal and protective of me and our family. In fact, if we, my husband and I joke about this, if Oscar were a man, he would be one of those gladiators with those piercing green eyes that would just say, I will end you if you mess with my family. That was Oscar. And when I talk about Oscar, it's uh, with a lot of love and joy because he lasted 20 years. He was with me, a fierce protector for 20 years. He got sick really, really quick. It was very, very obvious that we were going to have to put him down. But the thing is, is that he hated car rides. So what we did for him was we got somebody to come to our house. We paid a lot of money for it. And Oscar could barely move. He had gotten down to seven pounds. Mind you, he was 15 when he was at his peak. And he could barely move. And we got somebody to come to our house. We had music playing and I actually had talked to him nonstop the day before we had bonded and he and I were connected. The vet came in and administered some doses and I was right there with him. I was holding him. He was laying there. He died such a peaceful death. And I was so happy to give that to him. And afterwards, there was a huge thunderstorm, like all through the neighborhood, blowing the trees around and everything. And I couldn't help but wonder, was that Oscar's spirit? 
I'm a pretty spiritual person. Our last cat separation occurred with my only female cat that I had, and that's Lila. Now, Lila was the one that we were able to get after Felix passed away and Oscar was a soul cat. And I told Timmy, my husband, I said, you get a cat. This cat will be your cat. And he said, okay. And we were going to go down to the animal services and he was going to pick out a cat. And then he looked at me and said, I won't pick this cat. This cat will pick me. And it was so cool because what happened was we had a little cage with two tuxedo cats and a pure black cat in there. And we were intrigued about that. They were all sisters. And we opened up the cage and Timmy just stuck his hand a little bit in there. And the black cat just went bloop, 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 right onto his shoulder. And he looked at me and he said, she's the one. Lila was with us for seven years, and in some ways, losing a girl cat was more painful than any of the other ones. Um, I don't know if it's because she was a girl or because I loved her so much. She was supposed to be Timmy's cat, damn it. I wasn't supposed to get so attached to her, and I did. Because at this stage in my life, I was in private practice and working like three days a week like I do now. And so I was able to spend so much more time with Lila. And we had also got another cat called Louie. She hated him, by the way. He's still alive. You can see the other two cats that I have on another video. But back to Lila. So she was an indoor-outdoor cat, as was Louie. And now Louie is strictly indoors because of what happened to Lila. Now, we really don't know what happened to her, but I do know this, is there was a morning where I had a lot of things to do and I was in what you call a mood. And this mood was so stormy and so resentful and so angry, my energy just permeated the whole house. In fact, the last vision I remember seeing of Lila was cowering underneath my computer printer right here in this room. Because what happened after that is I went and I had to do a bunch of stuff and my husband met me and we were out with some friends for a little while and we came back and apparently him and his friend came back and his friend, our awesome buddy, he was the last to see her just sitting there, just by the garage, minding her own business. Timmy had let her out when he came home and she was just in her little corner and we never saw her again. I thought it was kind of strange when she didn't come home, but I wasn't too worried about it. And I went outside that night, it was in September, and it's one of those days where it was kind of crisp and cold, and you could see all the stars, and they were so bright in the sky. And I remember asking my grandmothers for help, my dead grandmothers, all of them, please help me find Lila, please help me. Because for some reason, that was on the night she disappeared. Like she hadn't even been gone for six hours. And I just kind of knew. I knew. 
But I circulated the obligatory flyers and I put up huge signs. I even consulted a pet detective and they were really helpful. And, uh, and we had a, had a cat sniffing dog come out and we did everything we could to find that girl. Not a trace at all. We have no idea what happened to her. At the same time, there was a person in our community who was murdering cats. And actually, you can read about this if you Google Olympia cat killer. And there was a series of murders that occurred after Lila disappeared in 2017. And I was so grateful that by that time, I was pretty much of the mind to keep my cats indoors. And we built a catio. We converted our outside deck to a catio so that our cats could go outside, including Louie, who was a complete outdoor cat pretty much. And now they're indoor outdoor on the catio. I suppose what I learned from Lila was still, I think it comes back to that independence. She was fiercely independent. She was so loving and she was so feminine, but she was fierce. She, I wouldn't want to tangle with her at all. And what I lost in that uh, was, was a lot of my fierce femininity. And I think I've become a little bit more aware of that, especially on some of my recent YouTube appearances. And I want to get that back. So I have been consulting Lila's energy and spirit and we're going to be working together in the future. You might think I'm a little crazy talking about that, but this is how I cope. Because like I said, I'm a very spiritual person. And by imagining my cat's energy benevolently looking down and helping me, Felix calming me, Oscar protecting me, Max providing me some freedom, Peaches representing unconditional love, Ziggy and Sam representing learning. And Oscar, oh, did I say Oscar already? Again, Oscar is Oscar. Oscar is my Oscar, very protective. And then Lila with this fierce femininity about her. She could be strong and soft at the same time. So what I've done is taken my cat's traits and what they have provided for me and I have visualized them and visualized my cats giving me those traits from wherever they're at. And for me being able to take on their energy and in that being able to carry on their lives within my own body and in my own energy. And maybe that sounds a little bit woo woo or wacky or hippy dippy wigwam, whatever you wanna call it, but that's me. This is my way. I do want to say in closing, dealing with the chaos of pet loss is not easy. Calming the physical body is key. Taking a deep breath, holding it eight seconds, exhaling it slowly. Using any kind of skills that you can to ground yourself, making memorials, putting pictures around, telling stories, writing songs. I wrote a bunch of songs that I still haven't even developed 
when Lila disappeared. All about Lila. And, you know, I've written songs for all of my cats. Well, pretty much. And writing songs, doing poetry, journaling, breathing, walking, remembering. Grief is a tough process and there's no timeline for it. And there's no limit on the intensity of emotion that you can or will feel for a particular animal when they go away. And so just allowing yourself that grace and that time and that self-care that you need, that they would want you to have because you were their owner, you were their person. They would want you to do that for yourself as they have gone and as you continue to connect with them. I will link below to a meditation I developed on my first CD called the Ho'oponopono, which is a Hawaiian chant that is about connection. And I would encourage you to listen to this. And as you do, visualize you connecting with your lost pet, with your pet who has passed on. I've done this so many times. I've envisioned the Ho'oponopono happening between myself and my cats in different colors. They all have different colors. And if you'd like to do that, great. I developed it for different purposes, but it can be used to connect with your passed on loved ones, with somebody that you've lost connection with who's still alive or with a lost pet. I hope this has been helpful. Thank you so much for joining me on Calming the Chaos and Calming the Chaos of Pet Loss. And if you have any comments, leave them below. I'd be happy to help or follow up. In the meantime, take good care of you and your animals. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos. If the information in today's podcast was helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. You can also go to my website at www.lokahicounseling.com for more resources for calming your mental and emotional chaos. This includes a CD I created that teaches you how to practice mindfulness in less than 10 minutes. So check it out. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.